Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Here is the sports editor for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sam McEwen. Ah, uh, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna throw the ball, and you just stand back there and throw us where you want to go. You know, and that kind of thing. Sam McEwen. Are you guys going? Um, sure. Now, Sam McEwen. Top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. And as we do on every Monday morning, we talk to Sam McEwen, sports editor and Nebraska columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra. Sam, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. good. I, I need the weather report. How are we doing? Are we, cl- <laughs> are we clearing up in the... Uh, Capital City, or what's going on? The sun's starting to break through a little here in Omaha. The sun has completely broken through in Lincoln. It's a beautiful morning. It's always a good start. School drop-off went okay? It did, for once. (laughs) I'm sure this weekend, too, uh, helps make today such a beautiful morning in the state of Nebraska because it seemed like the Huskers on all fronts had something positive going for them this weekend. It did. Yeah, they did. They had a good one. Um, Nebraska, well, both the basketball teams won as expected. But, you know, you can't – with Nebraska basketball, you you don't always know if you're going to get what you expect. So uh, that was good. And then Dylan Rayla hit town um, over the weekend, went to a basketball game. Uh, Obviously, that's a positive development for Husker football. And then the volleyball announcement on Friday, which is is a cool thing. And – Will be that'll be it'll be an interesting experience. I they'll set the record. I think the logistics will be interesting for that whole thing, and they'll probably be glad they do it once. But they will get the record, and 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 it'll it'll be it'll be done. Sam, let me just stay right there just for a quick second. Uh, why do you think the timing was now for Nebraska women's volleyball to make that announcement? Well, I think I think it had. I mean, there's some there's some logistical things that I think need to get need to get ironed out. But they, you know, I think they wanted to put it on the calendar. I think they're still working on the concert. You, you can't call a guy up, you know, three weeks before a concert and hey, hey, you want to come play a concert? So I think there's some some things to work through there. Although I have a pretty good idea of who it'll be. Um, I think it's I think it's to get out in front of. Of, of a lot of different things. And you got recruiting season coming up. Creighton Volleyball got a commit last night. Um, but this is this is it. I mean, this is recruiting season. This is, um, you know, you're going to start seeing commits probably more in May and June and July is when a lot of them make their final decisions. But, you know, you're going to have, um, you know, the, the top players in the country making decisions. And you better believe that Wisconsin sells that they're the best team in the Big Ten. And they are the best team in the Big Ten right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't sugarcoat that. They beat Nebraska ten times in a row. Um, so there's no, there's nothing to say about that. It's reality. But, uh, 
Nebraska volleyball is is a cultural icon in ways that Wisconsin not is not yet. And I think this is this conversation is part of that. And, um, you know, there was a Wisconsin coach had a pretty actually a pretty robust response. Um, certainly, it it had yeah, his wheels that. turning a little bit. Um, it was it was uh, he had a lot to say about it, and so obviously there's a there's a rivalry here now. It's 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 an interesting rivalry. I don't think it I, it's more. I don't think it's like a hot war, so to speak. And I'm not trying to diminish what's going on around the world, but I'm, it's not hot blooded the way that Nebraska Iowa football clearly is now. But it's more of a you know um, the top two programs in the Big Ten and two of the top four or five in the country. You know, kind of looking at each other from from across the way and and uh, kind of marking each other. So, you know, Wisconsin will not have any part of this record after uh, August thirtieth. Uh, they won't have the they won't have the postseason. They won't have the regular season, and they probably will never get it again. Because rest assured, they're not going to get fifty thousand people at Camp Randall to watch a volleyball match. Hey, Sam, as you very well probably remember, early on when Nebraska was kind of courting coach frost and there was that stretch and you know i had the a couple of segments where i talked openly about it being an extremely difficult decision right i, I talked about you know things that he has to consider going from orlando to lincoln and golfing versus not golfing and a new wife and the fishbowl and you know, I remember the initial pushback. It was, oh, man, he's kind of a hater. He's jealous. And I'd say, ah, you know, actually I've talked to him. I kind of know the concerns, right? Then mm-hmm. it comes out a couple years later, hey, you know, or not a year later, you know, the 11th and a half hour, there was some deciding he had to do like, ooh, am I really going to make this this leap? And on the heels of that, I asked this question. Do you think – that the Rayolas understand, kind of comprehend what comes with the potential of coming to Lincoln, kind of giving that savior brand a legacy, being the number one ranked player in the class coming back home potentially. Do you think that could that is an issue for this family? That's a great question. Um Let's just take it from because, like, I think each person has specific personalities, and so I don't want to impose on that family. And they're th- understood. The, the, understood. The, the self doubt that Scott Frost, I think, battles. Best way to put it. Um, I don't want to impose that on them because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's right. right? Like, I yeah. think that's hard to measure. But, but, really, really interesting question. Um. I think one of the things about Dylan that's interesting is that he may be the number one player in the country, but a kind of like Pat Mahomes, although Pat wasn't, you know, a five-star quarterback, his dad is a professional athlete and will probably have a little bit of Ben there does that Mm -hmm. to him, right? Like it's not going to be, they're not going to get stars in their eyes. And I think, you know, of, and this isn't true of, of you, but you, I'm sure you've seen in-state recruits who their parents, they weren't athletes. They, they got stars in their eyes a little bit yep. when this stuff happened. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen with them. That's a fantastic um, point, too, by the way. You know, Don, Donovan, I don't, 
Donovan's a hard person to read, you know, in a press conference, but he doesn't strike me as somebody who would ever, uh, ever, you know, kiss his nephew's rear end for nine seconds if he didn't think he should. So, I mean, I, I, I have an odd respect for, I don't really know Donovan Rayola, but I have a respect for him. Like, I don't think he, I think he would, uh, you know, he, he'd keep his, his nephew very accountable, and I think his dad would too. I, I do think there is a, the one of the things that, you know, he has to weigh, weigh out and consider is, okay, you know, you want to play in the NFL if that's the ultimate goal. Very quickly, you're going to have to make honest assessments about, do I get to the first round, you know, playing at Nebraska, and what would, how does that correlate? Mm-hmm. And that rule is going to have, I'm sure, a terrific plan for him. And he's going to be able to say, hey, look, I took these other two guys, and got them in the NFL, and they weren't playing on. They weren't going to play on the kind of stage you'll play on. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you look at the if you look at the kids that have that have come out of the Big Ten and are on our first round draft picks, um, there haven't been that many. Most of them have been at Ohio State, where Dylan Rayla doesn't want to go because he decommitted from there. Um, and most of them are. And the reason those quarterbacks at Ohio State went in the first round was because of the receivers around. Them. Uh, you know, uh, Justin Fields, who I've, I've gotten to know as a player qu- quite well, uh, is not uh, – he was he greatly benefited from maybe the greatest receiving core in college football history. You know, he, he greatly benefited from having Olave and Wilson and Jamison Williams and, I mean, you know, unbelievable players. Um, and so, you know – I think that's something that Rayla has to consider. You know, like if, if the NFL is the ultimate goal, then and you want to be a first round pick, can you know, can you go eight and four, nine and three, nine and three, you know, ten and ten and ten and two and do all the things that you want to do? Justin Herbert was able to do that at Oregon, but I think that's part of the assessment. Because if he goes to USC, it really and I'm not trying to say, you know, He's going to go there, and he would be really, really successful. and And he's going to be a first pick. He's going to be a first pick because Lincoln Riley will get him. That's just how it goes. If I, if I, I'm very familiar with Baker Mayfield too because my wife's a Browns fan. There's things Baker Mayfield didn't learn in college, mm. and and either Lincoln Riley didn't teach him or whatever. But he was still the first pick in the NFL draft, and Kyler Murray was still the first pick in the NFL draft, and Caleb Williams, who's better than both of them, will be the first pick in the NFL draft. And so I think that's the. That's the dividing line. If he if Dylan goes to L.A., you know he's not gonna he doesn't have to worry about being the the spotlight there. LeBron James will take care of that for him. But um, but in Lincoln he would be, and you've got to be able to accept that. And then you also have to assess you know the NFL thing. But as far as a college experience, he would have an extraordinary college experience at Nebraska. I think they would be a better football team because he's here, um, and I think he would attract good players around him. Uh, and I think they would win games. Now, I'd, would they win 12 games? I don't know. That's that's a hard dividing line to figure out. I don't know if they'd win 12. You know, they, but I think they'd win nine. And 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 you got to feel comfortable that you know the NFL is going to acknowledge that winning nine is is worthy of being the first pick in the draft. He obviously enjoyed the attention when he was at PBA. Crowd chanting his name stands up, gives them a little bit 
uh, of some good love there, throwing the bones. Um, but as he's taking in that game, you know, I, I prompted this this morning. What do you think he was thinking about most as he sat in that chair watching a state that loves themselves some Huskers? Was it, hey, this the turnaround of this basketball program is undergoing and the support that they are still no. getting at their stage? <laughs> yeah. Was it the, no. hey, man, you know, uh, just think of what I could bring to football if this is what the fan base does for basketball, you know, multiply 15K to uh, by six and get 90K at Memorial Stadium. Like, what do you honestly think he was thinking about in that chair? Because we were talking and we're like, man, he just keeps showing up. You keep showing up, you keep showing up, and at some point you're going to keep back, keep coming back wanting more. And Nebraska's the only school that can do that for him right now. Oh, I probably just thought it was fun. You know, like, I, I think the um, – those sort of meta narratives that you're talking about are probably things that are presented to him by by uh, other people, adults. Uh, but he probably just thought, "Oh, this is fun," um, and and probably had a good time. You know, again, I I think um, the I think if it if it were up to you know the family, he he would probably commit potentially very soon. I think it's going to be his decision. It's just you know. Um, it's it's just a lot. It's probably going to be a lot to to process because again, the, if he were to commit to Nebraska, well, the next nine months would be about the most fun he's ever had. I mean, it it's going to be a lot of fun because he'll be helping to get players to Nebraska, and he'll be he'll be the you know the uh, the star player and the star recruit, and he'll be the story, and he won't have to play any football <laughs> in order to. To prove it so you know he'll have a heck of a lot of fun if he if he commits to usc well you know everybody at usc is going to be focusing on the quarterback who's already there and george will just shrug okay that's fine did we get the five-star defensive lineman that win us national titles we did good you know that that's what'll happen so um that that's part of the thing he's probably got to work through is that nebraska is the only one that can provide the pre-signing experience that he that he would get but um you know, again, I, I think it probably just comes down to what kind of what kind of experience you want. It's more like a twenty-year decision. You know, maybe it's a four-year decision, but it's really it's really a twenty-year call. Um, and I've already written. I would, you know, this is just me as an as an opinion maker. I wouldn't go to Georgia. I don't I don't think you have to. Um, and I'm not even sure that that's you know the where you'd want to go. Um, but I think USC is awfully awfully interesting and and so is nebraska for different reasons and i think you know i think it, it's going to be a challenge to pick between those two those two options um it, it's going to be really interesting if lincoln Riley was still at oklahoma I, I would favor nebraska pretty heavily but usc is a different deal and it's la and it's it's you know heisman trophies and first round picks and so nebraska's gonna have matt rule's gonna have to gonna have to present a plan that says hey we can make your individual dreams come true while you bring this team back to glory. Uh, I'm gonna, tr- gosh, I'm gonna try to sneak into. I still want to get to that fantastic piece with Derek Walker, um, you, Amy, and the oh. collab. I mean, it was, it was an amazing read. But let me finish. Let me yeah. ask one more Nebraska football one. There's a few of you guys that I just really trust that I consider like um, kind of psych peers that that understand complicated people. Dirk was in that scope. You're in that scope. So let me ask you this. When you look and listen to Matt Rule, 
Has there been a coach that you remember as a head coach that was as a quick-level thinker on his feet and could discern and size up responses as, as smoothly or as quickly as Coach Rule? Not that I've covered. Isn't um, it? it it's, so it's not just me, right? Because right? I continue to be blown away by his ability – as an orator, and it's not just being a good speaker, Sam. It's processing the information that's asked of him in warp speed, and he pits mm-hmm. it against like who he is as a person. Like he, it's it's unbelievable, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a uh, he processes quickly. Um, I think he's got a pretty good sense of of people. You know, I. I suspect that Matt's an external processor, and when I say that, uh, what I mean is that he works out problems by talking about them out loud with people that he's close to or people that, you know, are in his sphere, whether it's his family or his fellow coaches. And a lot of times, if you're an external processor, you're you're processing answers as you're receiving questions, and you become very you be, it becomes very uh, habitual for you. That's me to be able to kind of work through what you want to say and be able to filter that through a couple of different lenses pretty quickly. Um, that, that usually comes with somebody who's pretty good with public speaking. Um, you know, it's, and for example, I don't think Scott Frost was an external processor like that. I think it was, it wasn't quite like that. Um, and so I think, you know, rules able to, to, to hold two ideas up and maybe doesn't agree with either one of them fully and kind of assess them both and, and uh, can understand other people. So I think that's a gift. Yeah, that's a talent that he has. Um, you know, I think what will be interesting in this job is I think he's so good on, on, on front ends of things, of like trying to figure out, okay, so here are the issues. Here are the things that I have to address and resolve. Here's how we turn this, this, this around. And unlike the Carolina Panthers, I'll have total authority to do that. Like I won't have to ask anybody and there's some person over here that's, you know, um, guarding their job like that, like a general manager. So I think he's really good off the front end of, like, assessing issues, fixing that thing, and making it better. The question is going to be, after four or five years at Nebraska, let's say he does turn it around here, does he get bored? Uh, and does he, does he want to does he want to see the thing? You know, it's, it's, one, it's one thing to be able to, to turn it, and then it's another to keep it where it is and then do the battle that you're going to have to do against Ohio State and USC and Michigan for decades to come. That wears that wears people out, you know, that or that can wear people out. And and that'll be the thing that I think will be interesting to watch. But no, he's very very good off the off the front end of being able to process what you're asking. Um, when you know his understanding of what's gone wrong here, and you understand what I'm saying when I say that. His understanding of what's gone wrong here at Nebraska for many years um, is actually pretty good. He's got a pretty good grasp it's, of it's, it. It's, un, it's unbelievable. In my, in I, I, yeah. I, I, and I that's agree. Not I agree what with happened you. the last four years. He he was able to in talking to him, kind of off the record, like his ability to synthesize the information and understand the twenty-year issue is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Like um, I'm glad that somebody downloaded into him some good things because I think <laughs> he understands the dynamics at, at play here and, and, and does want to try to fix 
the dynamics at play. And it's larger than Scott. Goodness gracious, it's much larger than Scott. And it's larger than Sean Eichhorst, which are the two people that you'll hear a lot about, you know, even out and about still. And it's larger than both of those people. And so I think he understands that. Well, another home run so far for Sam McEwen in this segment. Uh, Sam, let me get you out of here on this because it was a great piece. And, and I liked how everything was kind of intertwined with, with Tominaga and his parents coming back and Nebraska's weekend. And you even found a way to get in my favorite jazz, Shelley, and the – this the totality of the piece, but I want to focus on. Yeah, Amy did a great job. She, yeah, she and she's hilarious too. And per, like uh, anyway, um, twenty five years old man, mature and his authenticity to say, "Hey, listen, you know what? I stopped caring." I remember being on a plane my first trip to West Lafayette, and I was talking to some folks during the broadcast, and I was like. Why, if I'm D. Walker, would I come back for another year if this is how I was going to start my season? I remember saying that out loud. I'm like, why would you come right. back for that, right, if you're going to act like this? And he addresses <laughs> it. He talks about it. And it's part of yeah. Nebraska basketball's DNA for this season. Like, how crucial or undersold even is that that his maturation and his growth kind of has his fingerprints all over this basketball team? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a lot of why they're successful is that you know Derek freely admits that he's um, you know an emotional person and mm-hmm. and so like his responses to certain situations may vary based on whether things are going favorably or not on the court um, and and Hoiberg knows that I think uh, so you know I think but his awareness of that um, allows I think his teammates to appreciate the best parts of him and then embrace the, the parts that can be very difficult. Sometimes he can give a teammate a cold shoulder for a couple minutes. He <laughs> talked about that on a, in a senior day press conference. Like he, and, and Sam Griesel was like, the first time that happened, I was like, okay, you know, and like, it's, it's, it's different. Um, but then, you know, Derek also has a, a very uh, war giving and sort of, uh, you know, deeply um, generous uh, emotional side too. And that's usually, and that's uncommon with people who are emotional. They're generous, and, and then they can also use those emotions to take things away. And so, you know, uh, I, yeah, Amy did a great job. So Amy's a really, really good interviewer. Um, she has the same talent that Dirk has to be able to get out of people what they probably didn't expect to be giving when they go into the interview, and that's part of her talent and her gift um, is that she's able to kind of get, you know, get people to talk and go places that they hadn't expected to go. And I think when Derek Walker walked into that interview, I don't know that he anticipated talking about all those things. But, you know, after an hour of, of talking to Amy at PBA, that's what comes out of it. And I think it was a really good story. Uh, and, yeah, she's, that's part of why she is who she is. She's good at what she does. And it was a good story. And you always got to thank the subject, Derek, for, for being open and transparent. But it's the relationship that the reporter is able to strike in a very short amount of time that makes uh, makes the piece what it is. She no can doubt. she can be disarming and straightforward at the same time. Like even like yeah. when we're talking in like the press box, I was like, ooh. And I was like, oh, that was kind of cool that she at least asked like that. Like I can respect that. You know what? She just had she has yeah. she has some gifts. Oh, yeah. She she has she has oh, yeah. some gifts. She's very talented. Hey, talk to her. Too. Have her on the show. Yeah. Oh yeah, we will. And I guarantee you. Yeah. You yeah. Consider that one done for sure. We, we let our guests tell us who to, who to book next. It's happened once, twice, maybe three times well. now. So, Sam, we appreciate you. He, he can 
talk about that story way better than I can. But I can. I mean, I I thought it was a great one. Yeah. Appreciate it, Sam. Sam, thanks so much. Uh, we'll talk again next week. Take care. Bye. Sports editor and Nebraska columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra. That's Sam McEwen, SW McEwen, OWH on Twitter. The fact that you were laughing at me out loud during that interview. You make fun of me for processing out loud all the time. And, no, never and once. I was, never and once have I like, ever made you're fun like, of you. I, you're like, I love how you're just like processing the situation. You're like walking through it in your head out loud. That's not making fun of you. That's, that's just being that's observant. To- that's totally how... Like, I'm a total external Your processor. Your question about Dylan Rayola and coming up with the expectation. We got to get to that. One of your best questions that you've ever asked. We got to get to that. Least. Well, we can. But we should talk basketball first. That's next. <laughs>